Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Competing Biblically podcast. Today, we are talking about motivation, and today's going to be part one of a two-part episode. So we had one uh, extended, a really good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, Today, we're going to listen to the first part of it, and then next episode, we will have the second half of that conversation. So we hope you enjoy it, and let's dive on in. Here we go. We're going to see how this goes. I get to see into the hearts of, of coaches and athletes yes. so quickly. We can have this adrenaline rush in the moment and still be the image bearers of Christ that we are called to be. My passion is for the life of Christ to be lived out through me. I mean, Seth turned a little red when he was talking. It was really, really <laughs> I good. I get really excited. We want to find an easier time. We want to find a better time. And it's never going to appear. The best time is now. Zach, you're dropping proverbs on us, man. My work as coach is a minister of the gospel. Man, I am looking forward to more yeah. conversations around this. You guys yeah. are the best. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Competing Biblically podcast. Nick and Seth and Pancake with you as always. And then today we have Blair McGinnis with us again. Blair, is this your second or third episode with us? At least three. I think three. The one you guys are here, one online, and then this one. Okay, so we did do another one online. Cool deal. And it is, well, if you listen to this the first day it comes out, which you should, it is a Monday. That's our, I guess our podcast helped make Mondays somewhat more somewhat better if you're not a Monday person. So, but we're recording this on a Thursday night. It is dark and so we're closing out the day strong. And um and today we are talking about motivation. So as we walk through um the handbook on athletic perfection by Wes Neal, we've been taking some time to go through it. So today we're talking about motivation and overcoming negative forces, things that steal our focus from our motivation, why we should be competing. And um, as we dive into that topic, I guess I would just open up the floor and and mention that like motivation is something I ask all the time. I ask athletes and coaches, why do you compete and why do you coach? And we see people that are highly motivated, but motivation doesn't always look the same. We can be motivated by very healthy and unhealthy things. Yeah, I think the thing that jumps out to me from these chapters that's exciting is as we as we're going to talk about motivation and, and how to how to have the perfect motivation, how to be moving in the right direction, uh, and how to overcome when we're not in those spots. I just I don't know about you guys, but I've just seen the framework, the competing biblically framework jumping out all over the place. I'm like, oh, there's new mind. Oh, there's whole heart. Oh, there's long-term over short-term. You know what I mean? There's all these things that are just jumping out off the pages. So I don't know. I've been really excited to just see synergy in these two chapters, which has made me really excited to get together with you guys and and talk this out. Yeah, I will say as we were studying for this, motivation is definitely a new mind transformational concept. So when we talk about going through whole heart, new mind, strong will, great passion. Um, Once we give our whole self over to Christ, our whole heart, um, commit to pursuing him in all areas of life, including athletics, that new mind piece comes in and 
we have to change the way we approach sport, the way we, you know, get ourselves fired up, the way we get ourselves motivated in order to compete. Um, a lot of people stay stuck in that old motivation. And we've talked about this before. That can be a challenge to walk out their life with Christ in the way they compete because um, their motivations can still be sinful or fleshly or fallen and they've not been transformed. Their mind has not been renewed on how they um, compete or how they coach or, you know, how, whatever their participation in athletics looks like. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's important. Because when you say like in athletics, like I talk to my athletes or other coaches that like what's your why is very popular right now. Or like I remember just listening, this we're, where we're recording now, Brian Kelly just went from Notre Dame to LSU and the video that he started off talking to LSU, his players, that was like his why, right? And it's, so it's kind of popular, right? So I think sometimes... Some of this stuff, like when we're talking about, I think exactly what you were saying, Seth, is um, that some of these words of motivation, they're in the world, right? It's like, well, you got to know your why, why you play, why you coach, why you do your sport. Um, and I think as as believers in Christ, Romans 12, 2 sticks out to me of not being conformed to this world and being transformed by the renewing of our minds that I think oftentimes it's, it's tough because I would say there's a lot of people who are Christians or like within the Christian culture. And it's like sports, one of those last things that people give up. And like, they, we act a lot like the world in the, you know what I'm saying? Like we act a lot like that and we're afraid to, I don't not afraid, but I think it's like one of those, sometimes it's like one of those last strongholds of where we'll, our mind will be transformed to act like this. And I think this whole idea of the perfect motivation and, and attacking those worldly motivations of, you know, recognition and revenge and fear and anger as, as those motivations, he doesn't say they're not real because they are real because 99% of the sports world probably uses it. And it's and it's by coaches or other athletes or professional athletes is set as a good motivation, right? Like, I mean, how many times in an NFL game do you talk about or an NBA game where they talk about how these guys memorize all the guys that were drafted ahead of them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's their whole NBA or NFL career. Um, and I think it's important just I'm excited to talk about the ideas of a Romans 12, two mindset of this, of being transformed by Christ in these things is so valuable in what we do. Yeah. I see this stuff. Um, well, especially with sport, I see, I think one of the reasons Blair, why we're not, why we're not ready to, to let it go or, or to give it over to the Lord. Maybe it's not that we're not ready. I think because sport is, it comes from play. It comes from leisure. It's like, it's the same thing with entertainment. It's kind of in that same realm. I think that like the entertainment realm, we're really slow to want that to be transformed by the renewing of like, we're, we're slow to even wrestle with the spirit, like to open up. And we prayed before we jumped on this call, uh, prayer, David prayed in Psalm uh, 1914. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Like, I think we're slow to open it up and say, God, I mean, and and again, this is another principle that drops out of of strong will of being able to say, Hey God, you know what? Not my will, but yours be done because they're, they're meant to be distractions. They're meant to be in some ways. And this is what we want to fight against. They're meant to be their own compartment. Like it's supposed to be a quote unquote escape. Uh, Entertainment is, is designed Literature is designed 
movies are designed so that you can be transported somewhere else. And I, and I remember, I remember playing with a lot of anger, like anger was my motivator playing football. And the fact that I, like I had to get myself in an, into an alter ego. I mean, I, I, I shared this story. Um, I shared this story on a men's retreat the other weekend, but like I was an angry wrestler. Like that's, I was the guy who would pace around back and forth smacking myself, punching myself in the face, staring down my opponent. But I had to get like violently angry to motivate myself to wrestle. And thankfully it's a short, um, it's a short time. Um, but I, I, <laughs> I was messing with our, our worship pastor and he was like, well, what did that look like? And we're in the middle of a Starbucks and I jumped up and started pacing back and forth and just looked like there was something seriously wrong with me, which gave everybody a lot of laughs. But just remind it like it reminded me like oh man that's just such an ugly place to come from but it, it's so it's so easy because we're not willing to to turn our hands over and open them up and say you know what god i want i want to do it your way i want to do it by your power and i want to do it by your glory or for your glory and i would say too those things still creep back in even when you are there right like I would say that there's still fear can still be there because those, those things pop up, but it's as Christians, we're supposed to take every thought captive. Right. And what we do. And I can say that uh, like just in coaching, sometimes I get that, like that fear and, and acceptance and recognition, it creeps up all the time, every Friday night on a football game or whatever. And I think it was this, this year more than anything, just going through this stuff in the past, I would say, you know, year, not even year, less than that. I was, I was much more aware of it and attentive to it. So I think sometimes it's recognition of there can be a different way. Yeah, and I would have never thought about this, but actually this past fall, we were talking, motivating our guys and our team for the next game. And it's natural. You talk about um, sometimes what the other team might think of you, what they might be saying about you, or and you generate this maybe not all out animosity, but you definitely try and stir up something towards the other team so you can show up and play tomorrow. And um, it, this year, it just, I, I wasn't to the point settled. I didn't say anything about it, but I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, is this the way that we're supposed to approach? It's, I mean, really taking it to heart, even though it's a challenge, like, Am I, is this what I'm really supposed to be telling the guys? Is this what we as a coaching staff are really supposed to be telling the guys in order to play tomorrow if we really take this seriously about proper motivation? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's just a thought I had this past season. It was a couple of times I didn't – I can't say I sat there and f- stayed up at night and thought about it. It was just a passing thought. But as we walk through this, it's funny how little things like that – I feel like questions are being raised and there's things that we take for granted in sport that we think are okay or normal or natural. And some of them are, and I just overthink them, but there's some things where I'm like, Hmm, like what, what is, what are, what is my response? What should it be here to this situation? Yeah. And I think like, as, like, as I've been playing, obviously I've been playing for a long time. I was just talking uh, got to talk to my coaches today as we finished up like the fall season and are planning for the spring season. 
Um, but man, like uh, when times like that come up, I think Blair, you, you just said it. I really like what you said. Like it really is uh, in recognition that like those things are wrong. So I think like as we've been going through this stuff, as we've been talking about this more and more, I keep finding uh, areas of my life, areas of especially like my attitudes in lacrosse, um, whether it's lifting, whether it's running, now we're conditioning on our own. Uh, now, now, I mean, finding the motivation. Uh, I, I remember I had like Nick, very similar. I had to get myself geared up for games, not so much like big show, but like would sit down listen to crazy music and then like be angry going into the game or else I wouldn't want to go out there and hit anybody. Um, and like, I think as I recognized more and more, I'd always known that those things were wrong, uh, because I'd been told, um, by people in my life, Hey, you shouldn't act this way. You shouldn't do these things. Uh, but always kind of justified it, um, because it was sports. Uh, and I think like, as I've gone through more and more of this stuff is really, the reason I kept justifying it is because like I couldn't find motivation anywhere else. I couldn't find this stuff any other way. Like I didn't see how to do sports. I didn't see how to play the way that I did any other way other than to be so angry that I would hit anybody standing in front of me. And I think like that is what is so cool about walking through this stuff is it's not only that like you're just supposed to empty your mind, like not you're just thinking of nothing like you can't mm-hmm. think of nothing in play but instead of hey use love um i think uh, i think you guys mentioned the verse already but like it or maybe seth when we were um just kind of talking before this uh it's not that like we're told to not think of all these terrible things but we're told we're given a list of things to think of that are christ-like that are honoring to the lord it's not and that's what i love about this chapter of motivation it's not that we're not to have the wrong motivation, but like, no, we have to have the right motivation. So over, over Thanksgiving, I actually had an opportunity. Um, I didn't know that it would happen this way, but I had an opportunity where uh, I got to play some Turkey bowl football. And like, so, I mean, we shared on here, I'm, I'm down 108 pounds as of yesterday. Um, so last year, this time I would not have gone to play. I, I mean, just to be honest, I was too tired. Um, but I remember dry, like I was driving to the field and just like, I was like, okay, when we do this podcast, I, I really got, I want to try to glorify you. I want to be motivated, like knowing that this was coming. Like, you I weren't wearing be, your competing biblically shirt, were you? No, I was not. It was too cold for that. It was really cold. <laughs> like I had a hoodie on. Um, but I remember like just thinking through those things. Like, God, I want to be motivated by love. I want to glorify you. I want to not be caught up in, in winning. I don't want to be caught up in like everybody look at me. I mean, through this process of the competing biblically framework, I've realized like recognition is something that when I dig down in my heart, it is something that I, I really desire. And it's something that I think stems from pains in my childhood. Of, of wanting my dad's attention. I mean, that's the reason I started playing football at least because I realized my dad liked football. So I started playing and then realized I was pretty, pretty good at it and I could do it for a long time. So, but anyway, I got to play flag football with a bunch of guys and <clears throat> long story short, I have not sprinted in a very long time. 
and playing flag football, I was hoping there'd be some O-line, D-line play, plays I could slip out as a tight end here and there. But no, they're like, let's go seven wide. So I'm sprinting every play. My hip flexors are on fire. I am in pain. And I realized that all these guys that I'm playing with, they play together all the time. And me and another guy are just outsiders placed on this team. I'm like, I am not going to see the ball. It doesn't matter how hard I run. It doesn't matter how open I am. That ball is not coming to me. And actually, like here on page 59 in the in the handbook, there's a guy running upstairs, and there's these two bubbles, and one says, ease up, you're tired. The other one says, unleash your love towards Jesus. Seth, this was the picture that I was looking for the other day that I couldn't I couldn't find. That picture popped up in my mind of like, okay, why am I running? Like, why am I, why am I doing all this stuff? And I found that, man, I'm really thankful that I'm in a physical place where I can do this. I haven't played flag football in, in years because I've been in poor physical condition. But now I can, I can do this. I can glorify you. I can give it my all. And then, um, so I did. I mean, I was like, I don't care. I caught three passes. They were all for big gains. Mostly because I think people were afraid to get near me when I was running because I'm still over 300 pounds, even though I'm down to 100. Um, but and it was so fun, and I couldn't walk for f- three or four days after that because I, I, I went so hard. But I feel like the Lord was glorified in it. I walked away like, God, I think you were actually pleased with that. Like, you were pleased with my effort, and it had nothing to do with me looking good to other people. It was just me and you. I think the whole thing with all this is like what you're in your example there, Nick, and I think everything – it's you can't just get rid of the old motivation and just be like, OK, I'm just not I'm not like I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be in fear. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to do this. Right. Like that's the Romans 12 two again, transforming your mind to new things. Right. Like there was there was our old ways. Right. Of And this is the biblical walk of a Christian. Right. Like mm-hmm. we were walking in an old way. And even when God saves us, we still, you know. He's so patient with us and gracious with us that we do walk in those things still, right? Praise the but Lord. then yeah. we were we were saved by His grace to be changed. But then He doesn't just keep us there just to be changed like non-functional beings. Like He gives us new ideas. That's what Christ does in His all His teachings, right? He says like, "They say to do this, well, I say do that," right? Like, I give you. I've come. He's come to give us life. Like Jesus didn't just like live of life of like, oh, you can follow his example. Jesus came and gave us words that he said, you know, there's so many things that you can go through about like when he like talks through the, um, I'm trying to think of like, it says thou shall not murder. Well, what I say is don't think angry things about somebody else. Right. I'm, I'm really lost on that as far as making sure that's the correct <laughs> example. But Jesus gives us this, but he doesn't give us it as like a burden like we mm-hmm. can live a new life that is better, right? And that's what he gives us to, to do things. Ephesians 2, uh, 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? So how can we, Ephesians 2.10, in our sport and what we do? And it has to be old things gone, but replaced with new concepts of how we do that, right? Like 
being able to go out there and not worry about whatever it is the result of the game is, not really worry about how well we do, prepare and, and all that the same way, but do it as a, we're doing everything for the Lord. Like everything that we do, Colossians 3.23, we are doing it for for him. Uh, FCA years back, I think I was in like middle school, the theme for camps was audience of one. And I think that is still one of my favorite things there. Like we're doing this for an audience of one, everything that we do. And, and you, if you think about it, everything in sports, whether you're coaching or whatever is doing that, it's what you need to do. And, and I would say the, the last thing I would say there when thinking about this is as a player and especially like me as a coach, we're going to, I'm going to coach kids that are not going to be living this. They're going to be, they're going to be living the, motivation of fear or maybe like the coach you work for the head coach is going to be like pushing the fear aspect um so i think sometimes we have to figure out how to you know how to be you know those aliens in a in a new country we got to we got to learn how to be those sojourners right sojourn um we got to learn how to be people that are of a different kingdom living in the world that we do Amen. you know and being being a light in a very dark place and that's not easy and i would say for me this year, above all, being able like Nick, me and you um, talking on polos and things like that throughout the messaging back and forth throughout the year and during the football season was very helpful for me, keeping me accountable and encouraging me. And so we need we need each other when we do that, because it's not normal to do this. Yeah, I, I would as you as you share that, Blair, I would throw it back. Actually, Nick and I went back and forth on this. A while ago, Nick, I don't know if you remember this conversation about um, motivation. I was, um, we were in the middle of our season and there's days where some of the Mm. guys, like we all know these days, you know, you come out, team's a little flat, not putting out 100% effort. And again, this challenges me in many ways, many things we take for granted and we think we're okay. Um, Really diving into why you do things. Um, but it's just to run like, okay, I'm not working hard. We're getting on the line. We're going to run until we can work hard. Um, and that moment I'm thinking, well, I don't want these guys to work hard so they don't have to run. That's not the proper motivation. Like that's not what as a coach I should be instilling in them is they need to work hard so that they don't get punished um, so there was a real question in mind. So how do I approach those situations? Because what do I do to help them work hard, to hold them accountable to working hard without instilling in them of like, I don't want them to be motivated by fear of mm-hmm. me of, or fear of, or motivated by anger for, from having to run. You know, I want to show them that, you know, they should take this seriously because it's, a blessing to be able to do it. You've been gifted to do it. And I coach the public school, so I don't outright say you've been created by God, you know, for a purpose. And, and, but like you have been blessed and you're able to do it. And that's why you should be out there giving your best. Cause not everyone can, um, not everyone has the opportunity you have. And we shouldn't show up to be mediocre because, um, cause the standard of Christ for our motivation or effort is much higher. Um, so there's this big, there was this 
big thing in my mind of what is the proper way to discipline mm-hmm. um, a lack of motivation if we want to show people a proper motivation. Yeah, I I remember I've said this a bunch to the kids because I would during the the football season this year on Mondays I kind of went away from the we do like our offensive meetings I'm the offensive coordinator so we do like these offensive meetings and I always started off with non-football related things and one of the things I remember talking to one time I was like listen like how you guys do on Friday like how you want to do like that's what you want to do I was like nobody wants to practice at four o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday and the, the people that you're you know playing with are the only ones that are there right so that makes a difference of the people that do things then um but I just remember just you know like battling with that too because you're like you're you're is it like how do you motivate kids well and I think it comes back to like you can say things like that you can push them you can like you know use some fear and things like that but then at the end of the day and I think he says a lot like for ourselves is that love for your teammates love for the kids that you coach is the greatest one right so if you're the athlete on the team that is performing out of love, your love for God, for what he did for you with Jesus on the cross, you're going to look different than the world. You're going to be that salt and light. And guess what? Then you're going to have an opportunity because probably someone's going to ask you, why do you go so hard all the time? Why don't you complain about what the coach says or what the coach did? Or why don't you complain about like as coaches, Seth, I'm sure this, you've heard this before too, when you're coaching is how many times do coaches complain about kids? Right. Because the kids aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, So if we do this out of love, I think it if we really pray for the opportunities to do it, not only will we be doing it to worship God, but then there's going to be opportunities to share what it is that motivates you. And that's important because you're going to you want to be able to ready to be give account of why you are doing things differently why are you so different right i'm sure zach people come to you like why why are you acting so different why is it so different from what you've done and nick i remember during your career that people came up to you in the same thing right so how many how like how great of opportunities are those when they see the difference that mm-hmm. what christ did in your life yeah mm-hmm. seth I, re- I remember that conversation and um that we had especially like i think where we came to was like a good strategy I mean, there's there's plenty of ways you can do this, but a good strategy. I think that you said that you would you would send the send your kids for a run, not as a punishment, but like, hey, let's clear clear your heads. Let's ask some why questions. Let's really while you're running, while you're jogging, figure figure some of this stuff out. Ask these questions. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's actually something we've been doing with Caleb recently, uh, with our son. He's been some points of friction in parenting and. Um, instead of going right to consequences, trying to coach him up and teach him how to struggle through what his motivations are. Now, thankfully, his motivations are right on the surface. Mm-hmm. Like at a prayer meeting on Wednesday night, just like saw other kids on phones, Dad, I want to play games on your phone. Granted, the only games for my, on my phone is an app called Superbook. So it's a Bible app for kids. And he wants to play Superbook games. I'm like, nope, I brought you these four books. You're doing the books. You don't get on my phone during the prayer meeting. And he lost it. But it was like, no, I got to give him, like, I got to help him through this. This is so surface level. It was like, buddy, you want what you want, and you're not willing to yield. 
So let's think about your motivations. Do you actually love mommy and daddy? Do you actually want to try to love Jesus? Or are you just stuck in, I want what I want? And I think that's the beauty of this whole motivation piece is, and how it connects to the heart is that the Lord, um, I was reading in Hebrews 4 this morning, talks about what the word of God is, is that it's sharper than any two-edged sword separating both soul and spirit, joint and marrow, it judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Uh, it is no creature is hidden from him. All things are naked and exposed before his eyes. And then we're going to have to give an account to him. So for us, it's, it's helpful to look at our motivation and really dig down to make sure that it is founded on love. Another mm-hmm. great strategy in that is like, and we, we meet with a, a Christian gym owner, uh, a couple that owns a Christian uh, gym in, Milford. Um, and it just like hit us one day. It's like, well, Hey, do you pray for your clients? <laughs> like the folks that are paying money to come to your gym? Like, do you have a prayer plan for them? Like that's like step that could be step one. And I'm like, we're, we're five or six meetings in at this point. And I'm like, why am I just now thinking that like, Hey, here's some advice to be a Christian pray to the God of the universe that he would mm-hmm. do things and, and help motivate your clients to, to, and um, I don't know if they even call them clients, but m- motivate the people that are coming to you to try to lose weight and get better and to do all these things. Like what does your prayer plan look like? So as a coach, what does your prayer plan look like for your athletes as an athlete? What does your prayer plan look like? If you're a Christian athlete on a team, what does your prayer plan look like for your teammates and for your coaches? Mm-hmm. I never had one. So just to be completely transparent, I never had a prayer plan for any of my teams. So do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's – and honestly, prayer – I know I go back to this over and over. Like so simple, but the Lord has reminded me that prayer is more powerful than my action, anything Mm -hmm. I can do. And that's such a simple truth that I feel like I've had to learn over and over and over again. Because when things happen, most of the time, what is my first reaction? I need to do something about it. Even if I'm trying to operate within the wisdom of God, many times um, it's way less effective than if I pray and even many times try to do less to kind of let go of the situation and let God work, and he does his thing. Um, but I did want to bring it back to one one point that I wanted to, to highlight about being motivated by love versus other forces. So anger, fear, um, recognition. I know I see a desire for recognition in my heart way more than, than what I wish I did. And it's something that I still, like, when I step out, like not as much when I coach actually, but when I play, um, mind you, I play at a rinky dink place that no one even cares about. Um, but yet for some reason, like recognition is still an idol in my heart that I need to deal with. But, um, all of those things have to do with us. So why do you play? Does it have, are we trying to feed ourselves? Fear is about not messing up and feeling bad about yourself. Anger is about, you know, creating more success for yourself, channeling anger, using more success for yourself. 
recognition is obviously about getting attention, awards, accolades to yourself. And love is the only motivation that directs your attention away from yourself. If I'm motivated because of the love that God has shown to me, or if I'm motivated because of the way that my coach really, I, I really feel supported, respected, and loved by my coach or by my teammates, well, that's the only motivation that's not about me. It directs that attention mm. away from me. And I say this a decent amount. I think I've said it on the podcast just a couple of times, but when we try to make our own selves happy, when we pursue our own selves and our own happiness, we will be miserable. We will never be happy. It's only really in the releasing of those things, in the laying it down and letting it go and serving others and making the most of others that we really can begin to find some sort of happiness and joy. So being motivated by love is is the only motivation that directs all that attention away from ourselves. And when I'm looking for recognition or or all these things, I am most of the time frustrated, angry, upset, and definitely not like competing with the heart of God. But when I'm motivated by love, I'm not thinking literally myself is not on my mind. It's not that mm. I think lowly of myself. I'm just not thinking about myself. I'm just out there doing. I'm motivated by the love of God. I'm motivated by being around, you know, my teammates or my friends and being able to compete with them. And I'm not on my mind. I'm just there to do what God has gifted me to do by his power, doing it his way and for his glory. <laughs>